Welcome to Herman Legend with your hosts, Smartwatch, Neil and Chris, and Hobbs. Really? <laughs> Sounds great. In prison, they call that um, plucking the penguin, I think. <laughs> Look, mate, you, you get back to it. I've got to do the podcast thing. All right. Bait, bait. Hello, didn't see you there. Uh, hi, this is Chris from Urbane Legends, the internet's largest urban legends podcast by volume. Uh, that was just Neil I was on the phone to. He's over in uh, uh, Dan Gerud. Uh, in Sweden, uh, catching up with uh, his frenemy, DJ Khaled. Uh, so he's left me to do this. I'm here. Um, I'm actually under house arrest for lewd songs and behaviour. Um, it's another classic one. Um, we will be starting Series 5 next Thursday. Um, so this is another couple from the first series. Um, it's people kind of like might think that, oh, you know, just putting out some old ones, you know, like a clip show or something. It's not that. It's it's classy. It's retrospective. Um, so, uh, yeah, first one is Merlin's Oak, which is maybe the most in-depth one we've ever looked at. Enjoy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it was makes me like, all right, this is a completely different thing, and it's, this is this is far more of a... Re- well, I don't know. This is far more of an obvious ask, but it's, when, if you've ever been to, um, to Rome and go to St Paul's, and the amount of people, and they've got the thing is, they're really clear on it now. There's big signs up saying you can't come in with that shorts. Huh? Can't come in with shorts. You're not allowed to come in with shorts, basically, because the shins, because the shins are the um, it's where the devil are the, lurks. It's where the devil yeah. lurks in the, the human body, engine. isn't it? Um, yeah, <laughs> shins and ankles. Well, no, I mean, the thing is, you can agree or disagree, but at the end of the day, that's their rule. But the thing is, they, you know, yeah. it is what it is. It applies to everyone. It's not. So. I never. I went to Rome, but I didn't bother going in because I couldn't be asked. Yeah, if because you want to was... go to any of these places around, you've got a queue for fucking hours, which I have done, but it's just well, I mean, not assisting the... chapel and stuff. It's worth it. Not but... my favourite building, though, which is the uh, Pantheon. Yeah, the Pantheon's nice. I mean, yeah, but you don't need to queue there, you just go in. And that's, um... no, the Pantheon is generally um, just easy to get into. And you can, um, I mean, it's lovely as well. You can walk all around the outside of it and stuff. It's just if you want yeah, to. Yeah, I went around the Basilica and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. didn't go in. I was worried that I'd just burst into flames on a cross threshold. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Like one of those Nazis off of Indiana Jones when they open the Ark of yeah. the Covenant, or you just like brought away like the geezer, which is obviously the, the Basilica. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what? Short shorts? Yeah, but you're not you're not allowed you know you're not allowed to go in with shorts. But the amount of you know irate people who are getting turned away, often American, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, you know I'm sure there's plenty of English as well. Um, but yeah, but it's um, mm. just not, love when people not a very like, Catholic country. <laughs> oh no, 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 I just mean the fact that it's kind of like yeah. Oh, but I, why, what do you mean I can't come in my shorts? How dare you tell me I've been queuing up for like an hour and it's like yeah. there are huge signs up literally telling yeah. you this don't. Everyone knows it's in all the guidebooks. You know, put some fucking trousers on. I go um, if I went in, I'd go in in really really tight um, <laughs> flesh coloured uh, leggings, flesh coloured leather pants. Yeah. No, just le- leggings, but um, going commando underneath as well. To leave very little to the imagination. Well, go, nah, didn't say I couldn't. I haven't carried out, but yeah, my plan would be I'd get um, a pink sequins like thong, and mm-hmm. then just get some of those tear-offs. What do you mean, get? 
hospital home. Where? Use one of your, use one of one your extensive collection. Pick, pick out from my walk-in wardrobe, which just exists for... <laughs> just, just for that. Yeah. yeah. One of the, one of the pink secret ones. Which one um, of the walk-in wardrobes which simply exist for tons? Um, you know, a, B or C? Wing B. Um, wing B. Wing B and floor? Floor two. And then, um, and then, then, then go to the one next door. So one of the yeah. older ones, then. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've had the longest, haven't I? Um, and then get some of those tear-off trousers that they have the strippers at. Mm. And then as soon as you get to like the the Peter, the, the statue, just yeah, yeah. Or you can parts, leave your like hair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Preferably my phone's playing as you know, coffee or whatever. And then you could get into a really kind of fun, embarrassing, like rolling around on the floor fight with one of the Swiss guards. Yeah, it'd be my hilarious um, <laughs> knock his hat off like TikTok video. Cover, your, cover yes. yourself in butter. I'm an before you go in. This is my job. You're just slipping around. <laughs> well, I'm all oily back, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. good. And the thing is, as well, they, they complain about that. I say, well, that's just Greco-Roman wrestling, isn't it? That's all of the most famous ancient athletes. I mean, let's face it, you've been banging on about the last 2,000 years all over town here. So, yeah. uh, you know, hey. all, all I'm trying to do is just bring us back to a little bit of uh, ancient history. Pro- look, don't you know your own history guy? Yeah. We're doing a bit of Greco-Roman wrestling to praise God. Yeah. What's your problem? He gave me the goods. I just... <laughs> <laughs> he gave me the goods, and I'm doling them out. He gave me he gave me plentiful goods, and I'm supplying the Romans. Supply and demand. What are you a communist? <laughs> they don't like religion, you know. Mm. Well, watch, watch your step. <laughs> Rendering unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Right, lovely. Anyway, fair enough. <laughs> so there you go then there's some uh, uh advice there from trip savvy vacation like a pro yes well it's uh, that's interesting actually because i didn't know those things so uh, i would like to go and visit india actually very much so so uh, i i would i would like to visit india until i read the stuff about people jumping the queue and now i don't ever want to go there i wouldn't put me i think i think we should cut all ties <laughs> Well, that's fine because you can push it yourself, then, can't you? I think it'd be quite refreshing to be very un. un- no, you can't push it yourself though because it's it's not built in. They do that. I remember when we went skiing with school, um, and there was uh, like queuing for the ski lifts, and mm. just like like Italian men would just push kid like little kids like five year olds and stuff out of the way and pushing the queue and stuff. I was like, what is going on here? Obviously I was about fourteen at the time, so I was bigger than an Italian man. So I just pushed back until they fell over. <laughs> but it was like it was just like unbelievable that they would I mean that, that's a they bit would... naughty, but um no I mean but it's yeah, but we're skiing guy. It's the etiquette in each country. Swish wish. Yeah you, you get on a bus in Rome and that it's just fight for your place basically. There's no queue. Everyone, because the thing is, it's not even like you know, like we just queuing neatly outside the bus. It's it, it just a scrum going towards the doors and just trying. Yeah, I hate it. Place. Yeah, no, I'm not a fan. Um, orderly form an orderly queue, Romans. Yeah, just I'll get really passive aggressive. <laughs> Follow the British man. Uh, I don't know. Keys, I think, are an efficient way of making things work. But hey, that they are an efficient way for you. Uh, 
Uh, what can you say about that, eh? Well, we have such an amazing, vibrant economy and brilliant democracy to work it out fucking brilliantly. Neil, I believe this week, one of the reasons you're actually, uh, you've come over from Zamunda Oh, is... we're doing that. Cool. <laughs> well, not really. <laughs> not really. I thought we'd knock that one on the head quietly about half an hour ago. Nah. Fair enough. Uh, one of the reasons you come over was to uh, look into this particular legend. Is that correct? That's entirely that's entirely correct. Yeah. Lovely. And what legend would that be? Now you're now you're asking. Let me just go and see the person. Just get him to. Uh... So <laughs> no. I'm just gonna I'm gonna hand over now because obviously you know the royal presence doesn't um doesn't condescend to stay on podcast. Are you handing over to your English cousin? He's an English guy. He's called. Funny enough, called Neil Herbert as well. Um, oh nice. Well, he's just called Neil Herbert. He's... Oh no, it's you, Neil. Yeah. Hello. Oh yeah. All right, mate. How are you doing? You've been yeah, working yeah, from fine. this, working for this king. Yeah, just trying out something different. Do you know what I mean? He's a bit yeah, the, mo- the, um, the motorbike gang not working out for you. No, <laughs> no, one of my many failed ventures. Um, oh. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I heard Yuri Geller got banned for um, for speeding in a Nando's car park. He's a nightmare. Oh, he just, well, he's an outlaw, isn't he? Born and bred. Rules don't apply to that guy. And do you know? I think the thing is, if you know, if you're, if you've got veins filled with adrenaline like he has, then and and, and anti-authoritism. Yeah, he's, he's it's oh. a bone for him, but it's just you know, I was just, I was just fronting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I just got to realise. Where's Yuri Geller from? Um, I believe he's Israeli. Israeli, he is Israeli. That's yeah, right. Because he, he's because um, you'd think that he was Croatian or something, but he's actually. Well, I'm not sure. I don't. You no, know, he is Israeli. Yeah, I think he came over from Israel, and then, but I think he lived in Europe for ages, and then I'm not sure when he came over to Britain, but like back in the sixties or something. Yeah, and he lived. Um, he lived in a little two berth caravan on the Neverland Ranch for a little while, didn't he? Yeah. Just um, behind behind the monkey enclosure. I mean, he's a big, big friend of, uh, of Michael Jackson, obviously. Huge, not best friend. The, the hangers on just completely no. bleaching from his fame. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, respect the grift and all that. Fair enough. Only if it's in leverage. <laughs> the hit, the hit TV show. Well, have you seen the new one yet? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, watch them all. What's it on? Uh, internet streaming services. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, no, because what it is is it's on. It's on this thing called IMDb Video, I think it's called. And so what IMDb have done is they started, because of their notoriety, I guess, it's a well-known website, they thought, ah, let's try and do something different. And they started making original programming. Yeah. Um, But Amazon Video bought it, IMDb Video. Yeah. So basically... Leverage Redemption is on Amazon Prime, but only in America. You can't see it in the UK at all. Um, so I've maybe watched it through. Let's call it. Let's call it an alternative streaming service. Oh, your friend in America with a sling box. You um, you made yeah. that that has an international agreement. Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes yes, sense. Yes, I watched it through that. Yeah. yeah, okay. I paid. I paid the. Rights that were required. Good to know. Good to know. Um, Everything 
is all the T's are crossed and the lowercase J's are dotted. No reason Let's for just put it that way. to get involved from his Absolutely laser us down. No reason at all for anyone to look any further into this. Um, it may have gone through several shell corporations. That's just that's a, that's a, a tax thing that I do not wish to go into and legally don't have to. No. But let's just say the it's not tax avoidance; it's tax minimisation. Perfectly, the money was the money was paid, and let's just say the cost of investigating it would actually mean that you'd lost money on the deal. So what? I'm just not that there's anything to investigate, but just the way that I've got it set up. Chris, everyone knows you you're know. the biggest fan of copyright around. That's why you've got that copyright tattoo on your uh, yeah on, your on my cheek. <laughs> One on my cheek. I've got <laughs> copyright written. I've got trademark on my on my cheek underneath my eye, like a tear tattoo, and I've just got copyright written on my forehead. Like, you're like the Blake from Memento. If it was just more obsessed with copyright rather than who murdered his wife. Copyright law, yeah. <laughs> in case you ever do have anterior grade amnesia, so you can remember to respect copyright law. In case you inadvertently. Exactly, so and I've got say, um, say for example, you know, tape something off of a TV when it's copywritten. Wouldn't do, you know? Yeah, wouldn't do that. Prime people don't do it. Put your exactly. chest tapes to less criminal uses. Uh, I've got um, also on my chest, full size of my chest. Anyhow. I've got uh, got Creative Commons yeah. written on there, <laughs> just to remind me. Um, to always release my stuff as Creative Commons. You're open source, aren't you? I am open source in every single way, physically and emotionally and creatively. So have I given you enough time yet to look up Merlin's Oak? I was just trying to desperately think of a segue to clear on taking stuff out there. I I almost managed to link um, Jeff Bezos to uh, an angry wizard, but... uh, Merlin. We moved on. (laughs) Yeah. He's not really a segue kind of deal here now. No, fair enough. More, we're a lot more jarring. <laughs> but later, just maybe from right angles, one one subject to another. Right. That's so fine. the subject we're going to talk about today, and we're going to go mm. back back into the realms of British history. Oh, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about Merlin specifically, Merlin's Oak. Merlin's Oak. Mm. The Merlin's see. Oak, Chris. No, I don't know that I have. I haven't either until I was doing it. Obviously, you know, I like to do a bit of research into Arthurian legend, keep my uh, keep yeah. myself sharp on that. Keep yourself sharp for all those Renaissance fairs that you go yeah, to. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> like to know that my dialogue is, is technically impeccable. I think you'll find chicken <laughs> legs weren't invented until the <laughs> century. <laughs> why are these why are these men drinking ale? Ale was not invented until the 11th century. They should be drinking honey meat or wine. Wine and vinegar, like the Romans. Well, that's the thing is, mead, is it a bit, is it ale or is it wine? Mead. Yeah. It's just mead, it's its own thing, baby. Oh, no, yeah, no, exactly. No, you no, you stop trying to box it in. Honey beer or honey wine, didn't you? No. Oh, okay. I refer to you as honey bear. Oh, that's a different kettle of fish. So you've heard of Merlin, obviously. We're all I have. He um, produced all those stickers in the nineties. Yes. He, you know, we don't need to. Um, we don't need to sort of revisit um, Arthurian legend. Um, we all, we all know he was uh, Arthur's wizard. Um, but what's not so many people will be familiar with actually. He's he's 
traditionally associated, I mean, like a lot of things um, from King Arthur are sort of now associated with parts of Wales. Um, so Merlin's hometown apparently was Carmarthen. Carmarthen, nice. Yeah, in Wales. Got a nice castle, isn't it? Mm, so I hear. Yeah. There's a lot of beautiful stuff in Wales, to be fair, and a lot of history. So this is a, um, a tree that's been stood for thousands of years in the village of Carmarthen. Mm. And it's been linked to to the, the wizard Merlin uh, with a legend that when the oak shall tumble down, then shall fall Carmarthen town. That's not quite as bad as if the ravens leave the Tower of London and England will fall, is it? To me, it's more localised. I think it's because he wasn't like <laughs> he wasn't King Arthur, so he didn't have as well, maybe. Do you know what? Maybe he's just less. You know, he's just a little bit more got a bit more humility. You know, he's keep it localised. He didn't. He didn't, you know, he didn't want the fall of uh, of the entire country just because. Uh, and also, it's just his tree. But he's sick of the people of Carmarthen. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Do you reckon that was it? He's got. He got yeah. served some really bad mead there once. Or it's just, he grew up there and it was really stifling. And he, because, you know, they're, they're, they're proud of their uh, their styles in Wales as well, that they should be. You know, I imagine mm-hmm. Sheen gets a bit of praise when he goes back, for example. Um, or Timothy Dalton, to name, name, name but two. Um, yeah, you reckon when Merlin, when Merlin was back in Carmarthen, they were probably all over it and he got a bit stifling. Yeah, I know that. Um... Yeah, hometown hero and all that. Yeah, I know my uncle Bob when he's in because he lives in Wales, yeah. just outside Swansea because he's Welsh as well as Crastus, he's Welsh, yeah. and um, yeah, he um, he gets carried around the the village, gets ca- on a um, on a little plinth, on a plinth, yeah, on a little yeah, a little plinth, and uh, showered with daffodils, probably yeah, da- daffodils or dragons. Dragons, <laughs> dragons. Oh, yeah. yeah, so I mean, they they do they they look after their own. That's for sure. Yeah, quite not right. like not like us Southerners. That's quite right. Quite right. So, I'm having a look at Merlin's Oak here. I mean, it's, it's not like, impre- it's not very impressive. Are you looking at the modern one? Because it no, the the original no longer stands on the spot. So, oh, okay. So it's the odd. Are you looking at one that basically looks like a tree that was planted about ten years ago? No, no. I'm looking. I'm looking at one which looks like it's uh, growing out of a statue base. So I think that is the original one. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's a very, it's a very small tree yeah. to be, well, that, again, you to know, be thousands of years old. You know, Merlin's not bragging. <laughs> no. He's got it down there. If you want to have a look, he doesn't need. He doesn't. He doesn't need. But did he plant the oak or did he turn into the oak? Well, we we don't. We simply don't know how he's associated with it. Maybe he just grew it himself. Maybe it's got nothing to do with him. Well, come on. <laughs> but according to the locals, um, you know, this, yeah. this was all part of. So, so Merlin supposedly comes from Carmarthen, and I believe actually Camarthen that's oak. part of the um, etymology in, in the Welsh or Brythonic um, that the original name for Carmarthen. Um, is derived from the Welsh or Brythonic Merlin, town. Merlin, yeah, Merlinville or something. <laughs> I would imagine this is Merlinopolis. So I don't quite know how it became associated, or it's not recorded how it became associated with him. But it's a really popular meeting place for local people because um, it's a nice, quiet area. Do you want to go down? Do you want to go down Merloke? Yeah, go down Merlin's tree. Go and have a party. Go down Merloke. 
Yeah, that's a can stand man, I think. Maybe play a game of cricket. Old school. Uh, uh, yeah, just go down my, uh, just play a bit of football down my like. I've got a pig's bladder. Yeah, well, that's a meat. Right old time. Well, that's, that's a daffodil wine. Damn my loke. So, yeah, so it was, it was... So, okay, so this... Nellis Tree, important place for people to meet up. But not everyone likes that, Chris, because there's one neighbour around there. He got a little bit noisy for him. So he uh, he poisoned the tree. Oh, what a dickhead. <laughs> what that's a... Pro- no, that's just something we'll talk about, antisocial. Yeah. I mean... When did this happen? When did he poison the tree? Um, would have been around 17th century, by the looks of it. Oh, right. Yeah, so not recently. By people, people made gathering there. So I'm why is the tree so the, recent, um, then, the one they've got there now? We'll, we'll come on to that in a second. Come on but, to um, that. Yeah. It's probably, well, it, might, it was it probably in the big storm of 87. Because Merlin's apparently been associated with it since the, with the old oak. since the 19th century. And um, supposedly he still sleeps under the hill close by the original location. Yeah. Um, Not been up to much recently. He did, well, he's, a, he's been hibernating for quite a while. We, you know, we're not we're not we're not a world of, of, of belief and, and myths and legends anymore. So, do you think that's what powers him? Yeah, it's like that kind of children's like, wishes, yeah. stuff like that. Have <laughs> you just seen it all? Do you know what I mean? He's just sick of it. Yeah, look, our United, our United mistakes all over again. Okay, and now, uh, now I'm having a kip. Been there, done that. I'm gonna have a few. few until I needed, there. until I needed again. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, you know, I'm sure when the realm needs Berlin two electric boogle. Yeah, him laughing, <laughs> like, oh. like an anime thing, like one of those amazing double acts. So this, so this tree's been poisoned, and then um, that starts dying off, and. Uh, so eventually, um, in 1978... It just shows you there's always been pricks around, doesn't it? Well, it, it does, because, um, yeah, you just kind of... I mean, history doesn't record who this person was. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty... Abrupt. I hope he was clubbed to death. Well, I, I reckon I reckon Merlin had something to say about that, to be honest with you. Well, the thing is, like, um, it's like people... This, this is like an old version of what happened in Brighton in the mid-noughties, which is... Everyone wanted to move down to Brighton. For, yeah, I mean, everyone venues that made it good. Yeah, yeah, because they wanted to come down because of its vibrant music scene and that kind of stuff. And then they bought houses near live music venues, which were cheaper, and music venues that had been there for twenty, thirty years. And then complained and complained and complained to the council until the venues had to close down. And now there's hardly any live music venues. That's a similar thing to what this twat's doing. Isn't it? Quite analogous, yeah, it is. You know, uh, you, there probably was, you know, amongst the groupings, I can imagine there probably was some, some bards doing a little bit of... Yeah, I heard uh, Oasis did their first paid gig at Merlin's Oak. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what was like, led them on the way to Nedworth. <laughs> <laughs> one could never have happened without the other. <laughs> uh, but all these... Yeah, he's probably one of the really early NIMBYs. I, I assume Ooh, it would be. 100%. Of course he is. Well, and you would imagine that the tree was there before he moved there. Of course it was inherited the house or whatever. Yeah. You took advantage of cheap property prices in Carmarthen mm-hmm. and then you don't want to don't want to deal with the local means, which is what makes Carmarthen what it is. Exactly. This tree is the beating heart of this town. Yeah. It's very it's where we all where we all meet our future uh wives and husbands. Firstly, the tourist trade in about three hundred years' time is gonna really be reliant on this yeah. Merlin crap <laughs> that we're spinning out of this. <laughs> 
been it probably was even then. It might have been, yeah. Do you reckon yeah. there was a there was a roaring trade and people going to see Merlin's own? Well, again, again, I mean, the whole Arthurian legend stuff really only only got, um, or should we say, into the public consciousness rather than made up on the spot in the sort of 16th, 17th century, didn't it? During Ooh. the time, during when um, chivalry was all the was all the rage. That's when it all got written, like well, kind of mostly, the but, times. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was he. I mean, King Arthur was probably a real person, but he would have been a British Roman warrior chief, probably in the fifth century. Um, but yeah, I mean, all of the stuff that was done in was pretty much put in by the. I mean, the earliest tales of believe were done by the Welsh. Probably John de, de Montfort or some shit. John de Beaufort. Oh, there was. I think I've got this. Got this on. John here of Monmouth. So, John de Monmouth. I don't know. John did no, something. Was, was it Geoffrey of Monmouth who wrote Geoffrey of Monmouth? The earliest, um, British histories. Yeah, um, that's him. Yeah, he just made it all up. Well, well, so well, yeah. I mean, in terms of the real, the real world um, side of things. So, yeah. Well, I mean, how, <laughs> that, 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 that's what making stuff up is. No, okay, in terms so, of if it's different to the real didn't come thing. From whole cloth from him. So there was. There was the original person, and then mm. the Welsh bards. I think were sort of like they, they were the earliest ones who were doing the towers. And then I think it was I think it was I think it was Geoffrey of Monmouth. I think it was the guy who wrote that um, British history, and he had King Arthur in there. And then the French picked it up, and they added in all of the chivalry stuff. Because actually, yeah, everything about the sort of like you know the knights and jousting and all of that sort of so jousting, but all the all of the chivalrous stuff yeah. is very much kind of like thirteenth, fourteenth century French kind of um, yeah. Chivalric um, tradition, yeah, yeah, but lineage and stuff like that. So that that was kind of added in by them as the kind of like the modern day, which very much like kind of like taking something and putting it, modernizing it now. You know, well, what they kind of did was like they wanted being <laughs> Jane Austen in nineties California. Yeah, not really. Yeah. Um, but what they were, what they kind of wanted to do is make the history of the English crown seem kind of almost mythological mythological and kind of uh, like... Well, I think they wanted to give some lineage to the whole notion of chivalry as well. and lineage and all this kind of stuff rather than what it really was, which is just people like just killing their way to the top. Because that's... You know, but, but it's like, you know, people who think that, you know, if people don't follow religion, everyone will be bad because the only reason that you'd want to be moralist so you can get into heaven. I think it's, yeah. you know, the same thing with chivalry to actually try and get people to buy into the concepts and to sort of not slaughter their enemies, you know, because, you know, a lot, a lot of times you could you could probably be involved in one of those battles and then just get ransomed off and then they'd be back fighting for the next one if you've got enough money. Yeah. You don't want people hacking into pieces. So, um, well, I suppose there was a financial incentive for that as well, more, more to the point. But, um, yeah, no, I think it was just trying to buy into that whole... Well, it's, it, the similar thing happens, I mean, when you read about, um, you know, Bushido and all of that sort of thing in, in Japan. I mean, people reckon... Warrior like, traditions, like, like, basically... Yeah, well, you know, like kind of people... like, yeah, all of these, like, the Honourable Samurai and all the rest. They reckon they were far more mercenary than was pointed out in the kind of... Yeah. The codes were all written in the sort of, like, 18th, 19th century. It was like... Yeah, when, when, when warriors are kind of at the top of society, there tends to be, like, a military or uh, warrior traditions and stuff that kind of come in. how that pans out, and it doesn't generally tend to be the best for the people when you put the general of the army in charge of the country. No. I mean, I'm sure some people probably are quite fond of the Pinochet regime, etc. And uh, 
Well, everyone loves Eddie Arlen. Modern examples, yeah, exactly. So, uh, maybe, maybe not, maybe not the best for. Uh... No. Yeah, and then you've got obviously, um, uh, what's his face? Was it Thomas Mallory? Did Lamont Dartha, which I attempted to read when I was at university. One of the most boring that? books. Were you on acid? Uh, sadly, not. No, I wish I had been. It would have been a bit more. No, it was um, it was back back in my period of trying to sort of read some classics, and uh, yeah. to be fair, a lot of it is quite good. But you know, and I like I like the Fury Legend. I really like Escalibur, that that film they made in the eighties. It's good fun, and um, <laughs> so I thought, well, I'll, I'll read this Thomas Mallory. The battle scenes are just the most boring that you could ever imagine. Are they more boring than when you're reading a Russian classic and they talk about? Uh, the peasants in the field and the proletariat for seven or eight chapters. Yeah, because Tolstoy's got some theory about yeah. how he thinks. It. Well, he, you yeah. know, Tolstoy actually did try and run a farm, and it didn't work out too well for him. But anyway, we'll get <laughs> on to that another time. But um, yeah, we probably won't. His theory, yeah, his theory didn't translate into practice too successfully. Um, I've forgotten where we were, but basically, yeah, it's he poisoned it. Some some days poisoned an egg. Okay, yeah, and effectively, um, it starts. It's just dying off over time. But Merlin's made it very clear that either the you know the town will fall down, or, or a lot of other people claimed that um, either the t- or, or the, it was also in legend that, that there would be floods. If the tree um, dies, you die. Yeah, exactly. Basically, fuck with the, Merlin said, fuck with a tree, yeah. coming for you. You know, yeah, I'm coming for you with my magic. So 78, they've actually had to sort of, it, the last bit of it's fallen down, they've actually had to chop it down and sort of like, they put a bit of it into a museum somewhere. Yep, I've seen um, that picture. Yeah, I think it's on the BBC. When did this person poison it then? You said 17-something, but it, it must be 19. I, I completely made up that date. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, well, that was dying for a while. Yeah, well, I think... If, you, mean, if it was, say, 1700s, then it was replanted... Well, the thing is, you could you can kill a tree off, can't you? And it'll stay because I mean, all of the um, like trees go from, grow from the ground up. So what? They're pretty much. I mean, this is news from this is news for me. I thought they I thought they grew down from the clouds. No, but all of the out, like, the external. I mean, the outside of the tree is all dead. Is just dead anyway, isn't it? It's just it's really a vehicle for carrying water up to the top to the leaves and stuff. Big capillary. Well, it's not dead. So you can tell if a tree. Well, yeah, I mean, like the bark is basically dead cells. Yeah, bark it's is. Just, yeah, but not the internal bit. No, it's basically just a pipe for carrying, as I say, water up to the to the rest. The growth is happening on the the tips where the leaves and stuff. Yeah, are that's where the growth happening. New but... growth is happening. Um, but if you cut so, into anyway, if you cut into a tree, then it's you can tell if it's dead or alive. Yeah, because it'd be green in the very centre. Green. Right? It's anyway, got look, sap. The point is, you could kill off a tree, yeah, and it would stand for ages after. Oh, it still stands, so, yeah. It's got good foundations. Yeah. Maybe you didn't successfully poison it. I don't know. Um, but the point is... I'm hearing a lot be... of I don't knows here, Neil. I don't oh. feel you've done your research. The king won't be happy. <laughs> Listen, a theory in legend is, by its nature, oblique. There are many facets, some contradicting. So, Sketchy. you know. So the tree... Sketchy, the... poorly evidenced, the tree... Poorly <laughs> <laughs> poorly read out, <laughs> poorly enunciated. Unreliable narrators. <laughs> you know, we're very much unreliable narrators of podcasts. You, you might be, I'm not. Oh, obviously, you tell the truth. I'm like John Craven or yeah. something like that. That's some, that's some big shoes you're trying to fill there, Chris. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's Big feet. Like Got big, yeah. big presenting feet. 
so you say. We'll see how that pans out. Well, I don't um, actually have feet. I had my feet replaced, didn't I, of course, with um, you, robotic you, hands. You them... Oh, I thought, you know, I thought you'd bound them like a, like a Japanese lady. Well, that's why I had to have them removed yeah. and have the robotic hands put on there, which is useful. If you start, you've been a hand model or foot model, I should say, for um, three Terminator movies now, haven't you? <laughs> Indeed, yeah. And a Terminator. When you see it, when you, see, I have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it was. Uh, you look at CGI in real life as he does on film. Very waxy skin, very waxy yeah. skin. Um, kept grabbing my ass, of course. Of course it did. Um, <laughs> look, that's how he shows you like shit. <laughs> Said he was going to. I feel like you were saying, you know, just rings out that it's earlier. He says he was going to terminate my virginity, <laughs> and I said, "Well, I'm not a virgin." He went, "You are to Arnie." <laughs> um, that's just banter. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I thought, yeah. What was... man's inappropriate behaviour? <laughs> I mean, fortunately, I was a bit quicker than him, so I managed to um, get myself out of the out of the trailer. Quite sharpish, um, but you know, I did get um, blacklisted for a lot of Hollywood parts after that, <laughs> and a lot of US political campaigns. But um, I'm hoping, you know, what with the Me Too movement, hopefully, you know, my main, my uh, my robot, my robot hand feet might might start getting the nod again for a few films if uh, if required. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe a re- reboot of Short Circuit or something like that. Yeah, I mean, that, I, could, I could see that going down well in the modern world. Presumably Fisher Stevens won't be reprising his role as the Indian scientist. No, I believe he's playing a Nigerian doctor in this one. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> not quite got the point there. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, this would be fine then. It was the Indian thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, fair enough. No. Probably a Hindi thing. Probably a case thing they didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> Consider Canadians untouchables. <laughs> So, tree may or may not have been poisoned in somewhere I mean, between the seventeen. There's, there's not a lot. There's not a lot to this story. Seventeen hundreds <laughs> and the nineteen seventies. Somewhere between five hundred AD and two thousand AD, yeah. a tree was poisoned. That's possibly, possibly poisoned because some people like to get around it, and someone didn't like that. There's no <laughs> record of this. But, okay, so now. So, so that's and that is kind of um, that's the crux of today's urban myth. Is it? Yeah, yeah. That's, I'm, I'm not that's, sure. I'm not sure I did right by allowing you to pick one. The foundations <laughs> of this house that we're, that we're attempting to build. So don't undermine it for fuck's sake. Right. Okay. And like all good foundations, we're just trying to tip some rubbish in there. Before we can <laughs> some dead bodies. Save ourselves some time and money. Yeah, very much the uh, Amelda Marcos um, Foundation building. Um, <clears throat> right, so, so at some point this tree is poisoned because somebody doesn't like his neighbours knocking around it. Mm. And um, in 1978, more or less, um, they had, they'd finally had to take it down. I don't know. It was presumably all those people still gathering around outside it and it was becoming a, a menace and was about to fall over or something. Who knows? Who knows why? Um, who can tell? It's Arthurian legend. It's covered in, in mist and fog. Um, and here's the thing, because they, you know, they had said, you know, the two things around either the, um, you know, the fall of Carmarthen Town or, or some, it had been interpreted as well as, as flooding. 
Mm. Now, here's the interesting thing, Chris. The biggest floods in living memory occurred shortly after they took the tree down from the original spot. Ooh. And I was looking it up, and it's been being flooded ever since. Really? So, 1978, they had floods. In seventy in 87, during the uh, hurricane. you remember the uh, hurricane in 87? I do remember. I, around... I slept through it. Yep, yeah, so likewise. Um <laughs> And it, it um, yeah, that, so that that caused a load of floods in uh, in Carmarthen as well. In fact, uh, you know, Carmarthen was more or less underwater um, after the '87 hurricane. And if you you actually look up, you know, there's still there's still flooding to this day um, at, in Carmarthen. So 2020-21, you know, there's been loads of flooding as well. Well, I mean, they were warned. Yeah, well, they were told, don't you know, keep the tree. It seems reasonable, doesn't it? You know, and. I mean, the one, one thing. Is, one thing. One thing I want you to do. One thing you got to do for Merlin after everything I've done for you is, and do you know what? A tree doesn't need a lot of looking after. Just don't poison it. <laughs> Not that it's been there for hundreds of years. Just, I mean, literally. I mean, all really in a way, I'm just seeing the protection of Carmarthen. What I've done here is, I've you know, I've got this tree in place. I mean, granted, it was only planted apparently in 1659 by a school when guy. Charles II came to the throne. Um, Presumably by Merlin, because he can presumably travel through time. You would think so. That would be one of his many skills. I don't skills. think it matters that it was planted, you know, a thousand years after, or more than a thousand years after Merlin was supposedly knocking around. Um, so, yeah, he probably just, you know. And yeah, I think it's claimed he even moved backwards through time, so maybe he did that before he met King Arthur. Who knows? But anyway, he'd, he'd let them know, and now, that, now they're suffering all sorts of floods. You know, some would blame this on... Um, Climate change? No. But, you know, the evidence suggests angry wizard. I mean, it's... Um, there's a lot of rivers around that area, by the looks of things. So a little looks... Yeah, I think I think there is a there is a local river which gets flooded over. River Towie. increasing frequency. And, uh, yeah, River Towie is... So I think, you know, we, we come to an end of basically... That's it. ...of this action-packed... <laughs> That's all there was. Episode, yeah. Effectively, there was a tree that was planted. We've gone um, through that. I don't need. There's. It's two lines now. I don't need it told again. And it died. And then, but but but, the village is now getting flooded constantly, Chris. Yeah, isn't that terrifying? Yeah, I mean, a lot of villages are getting flooded, aren't they? <laughs> um. So now, well, I mean, did, did did Merlin create climate change? I mean, it's as. I don't see any scientific proof that uh, he didn't. That he didn't know. Like, you know, it's have it's they, as, have, it's as good adjusted, as it's as good a guess as any to why it's have happening. They adjusted, have they adjusted for wizardry in their, <laughs> in their studies? Maybe I, I, I believe that was I believe that was one of the um, the pillars of Donald Trump's uh, climate yeah, strategy to try and force people to adjust for wizardry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I okay, they haven't that. even adjusted for wizardry. Great wizardry, maybe the best. <laughs> it is outstanding wizardry. Um, all right, and I, think, all... I, I think you'd be quite keen on dragging back quite a few things from the Dark Ages. Yeah, like sleeping with your own daughter, oh, that kind of thing. I got things right, let's put it. Yeah, hanging drawing in the courtroom. Like any, anyone who chats shit about Trump on Twitter, hang drawing in the courtroom. I don't think he would like... It's treason, technically, isn't it? 
No. Like not voting for him? <laughs> you see, the thing is... Like, He's in charge, you see, so... The thing I'd is, all these people who, who were like, it would be better if we went back to blah, blah, blah. The thing is, none of them actually would like that because, in reality, the people who think that tend to be quite weak people and they mm. would just get absolutely beasted by pretty much 90% of people in the street. So they'd be... They wouldn't be alive if it was those days. Do you know what I mean? So... Yeah, yeah. Bring it back, that's what I say. Um, there, there we yeah, go. Exactly. That's that's the lesson. We reach a consensus. That's how I bring together the left and the right. <laughs> Job done. I'm, I'm Mad Max style future. Problems now. Some kind of um, uh, medieval punk dystopian future. <laughs> well, the thing is, because stuff... <clears> quite does medieval punk movie. happen yet? Is that well, a thing? Had, well, I don't know. Have you ever seen the film? I think it was called Doomsday. It no. was um, by the guy who made Dog Soldiers. So it's got Mad Max tribes in it and a load of people who live in Scottish castles and act like they're knocking around in Braveheart right. in the same movie. That sounds closest to what you're describing. So it's, it's a pick your own, choose your own dystopia, basically. You can go from cyberpunk, or not, well, not cyberpunk, no, sort of like you know, Mad Max, kind of like... Duran Duran video kind of gangs yeah. in an urban setting, or if you prefer a more rural medieval setting, you can go and. Um, well, if you'd like something that was with, uh, that was like Victorian London, but with like future stuff with uh, cogs and steam running computers, that's what I'd like. I you could set that up yourself somewhere else. Scotland's a big country, isn't it? Plenty of land. Um, <laughs> Why is it all happening in Scotland? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's a plague that happens up in Scotland, and we rebuild Hadrian's Wall, but like right. 100 foot high with metal gates, and shut them all in. Finally, let them get on with it. Finally, yeah, right, Nicholas Sturgeon. <laughs> <laughs> Nigel probably more. <laughs> Nigel Farage probably more. Uh, so, so Neil, uh, this has been a fascinating and in-depth one. I'm surprised. Uh, this has this might have to go out as a three-parter um, because there's just so much to I, get through. Look, I didn't want to say this before, but this has actually been a backdoor pilot, Chris. I think this could be a new podcast. What's that? We could sort of really break this down, this 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 story, and you know, get into different asset, facets of it. Just the the, the Merlin just, Oak. just Merlin's Oak. Merlin's Oak, yeah. Merlin's Oak you know, podcast. Every week we could just explore a different a different part of it. You know? Who was the man who poisoned the? Oak? <laughs> Can we can we track down the money poison the oak? <laughs> what did they do around the tree? Why an oak? Yeah. <laughs> the history of trees in town centres. What, what else is in that museum where they've put the tree? Presumably nothing particularly interesting. It could be a haunted doll. <laughs> yeah. oh, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. If Robert was there on loan. <laughs> oh, that is such a good... Oh, my God. Could you imagine if... Yeah, oh, man, we... We should we should try and get, we should try and get some of these artifacts. Can you imagine you can get like a? Are you suggesting we become some kind of uh, urban legend promoters? Yeah. <laughs> Taking it on the road like a freak show because yeah. I'm in. <laughs> totally. Yeah. If we could get like um, it's like I went to see that the Picasso Museum and they had like loads of like period, chronological periods throughout his life. Mm. You know, we could have um, yeah, we could have Robert the Doll in one room, the Pascalator in another. Mm-hmm. Be amazing. Yeah, why not? Um, so, Neil, I'm loathed to, but we will have to go through the Matrix. I'm assuming it's going to be a very... Wow, wow, wow. I feel like the scales have fallen from my eyes. How didn't I know about Merlin's Oak? It seems like... <laughs> Sorry. 
Um, yes, it, it seems like such a big thing that we should all know about it. Um, how would you follow up something like that? Well, we decided to go to the bayou. And uh, here is, from the first series, the legend of the Rougarou. Sorry, a sip of coffee. Um, so, for today's episode, we are going to look at uh, an American uh, urban legend. And I will try and not do a terrible Louisiana accent during it. But, Agent uh, style. But I do declare that that may not be personal, yeah? Uh-oh. <laughs> that, that feels more, uh, I don't know. A Louisiana, I was thinking, yeah. I'm not going to attempt a Louisiana accent. Well, right. you were going to be more Gambit from X-Men, weren't you? And say, like, I'm vaguely familiar with his character. Doesn't, isn't his two things he's like immortal when he plays cards or something? He's not immortal, but he throws playing cards that explode. I saw there was a really terrible... I don't really know the character that well, but I saw there was a... You know that Hugh Jackman, he did all that, Ben Wolverine movies, but then he did the ones that were like solo, that were really sort of like... Yeah, the, the I assume he was contractually obliged to do them. I, th- I don't those. know that he was contractually obliged. I think he was financially incentivized. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, six of one half dozen the other, isn't it? But, um, yeah, because, I mean, you know, like the, the, the ensemble movies are quite good. It's quite good. Yes, them, all but, right, um, yeah. I don't, well, it was just one. I can't remember if it's the same movie, actually. Well, I'll tell you what, because it's got Will I Am in it. And it, oh, good Lord, Will I Am is not a good actor. Um, Doesn't have to be. He's a fantastic musician. Exactly. And you know, profit, he's got that much talent. And, and entertainer. And, de- yeah. and shoe designer, probably. You know, he's a, re- he's a renaissance so. man. Yeah, he's a man of many talents. but um, Acting not being one of them. I, unless, <laughs> unless, unless he was acting badly... On purpose to um, to bring attention. Do you reckon it was like he was? Yeah, he was channeling like Bertolt Brecht, and he was he was attempting to distance us from. You know, he's he's showing the deliberate artifice of this comic book movie, I and asking he... us to reflect on 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 the actual message behind the the art. Yeah, and, yeah, and perhaps about he's done, the... again. he's done it again, hasn't he? I think he's done it. I think he's done it again. <laughs> and perhaps um, he's good. He's perhaps... good. Perhaps he was also turning a microscope onto lack of diversity in Hollywood. I think he could yes, have been. Yeah. And that would be why they had the really appalling CGI where it looked like cartoons were coming out of his fists when Wolverine did his blades. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, you, it's you, all very Brexian. Yeah. You're, you're not writing you're not writing realistic characters for um people from uh, different ethnic groups. You're making them cartoon like. But that's what they're doing. Yeah, it's always been Hollywood's big shame. Wasn't, that. <laughs> wasn't there an Irish X Men, uh, X Man, or whatever it was called? It was called Benchy, and he was just he was just a drunk or something. Uh, I somewhere. Don't know. I don't know if he Banshee was drunk. or Leprechaun or something. There is Leprechaun. We had a drinking problem. It was, yeah. Seriously, there's one called Leprechaun. I think so. I think so. Um, I'm not going to look it up. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, though, that the X-Men in general were kind of a bit more socially conscious than other superhero stuff. Um, yeah, you it was know, sort of a parallel for civil, well, I assume, civil, civil rights. It was, yeah, entirely. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's a shame that 
the X-Men and the rest of the Marvel Universe do kind of live in different fantasy universes, so they can't really be in any of the MCU stuff particularly. So uh, today we are going to be looking at uh, the Louisiana Werewolf, also known as Rougarou. So, Neil, um, does that excite you? You do like your animal-man hybrids? I do, I do. It, it, it's um, so, so this is based around Louisiana, isn't it? So it's like a sort of... Yeah, the Laurentian... Sort of American kind of mashup. Yeah, the Laurentian Beach, French communities, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, you know, Neil, any, any kind of like um, man-animal hybrid. This one, do you know what? I feel like this is one which has increased in popularity because I've seen it in a few different bits and bobs recently um, and prior to the last few years I'd never heard of it so I think they're um, I think someone someone perhaps the Rougarou elders are, are pushing it trying to get it a bit more known well, I reckon they've probably seen all of that, you know, sweet, sweet Twilight money that's got all the vampire community enriching themselves, and they're thinking, hang on a second, because they've got they've got like werewolves and that, haven't they? But they're getting none of that, none of that coin. No, I'm um, thinking, well, we want a bit of this action. Famously, um, the film American Werewolf in London had, um, poured so much money into the werewolf community in London that they uh, were able to build Canary Wharf. Yeah, that's that's yeah, Canary Wharf, and that's why Notting Hill became so gentrified. It's all of that, so yeah, rich werewolf, werewolf money. Um, so, Rougarou. So, in I'm going to read a bit of Wikipedia, and then we can go into some of the more um, speculative, I guess, websites. So. In American folklore, the more boldly explorative, <laughs> even boldly explorative. <laughs> yeah, uh, so Rougarou <laughs> represents a variant pronunciation and spelling of the original French Loop Guru, according to Barry Jean Antillette, an academic expert on Cajun folklore and professor at University of Louisiana at Lafayette in America. The tale of the Rougarou is a common legend across French Louisiana. Both words are used interchangeably in southern Louisiana. Some people call the monster Rougarou and others refer to it as Lougarou. I mean, generally what I like to do if I'm writing something is try and bring people in with the first sentence, but this one is just going on about etymology. Um, the Rougarou legend has been spread for many generations, either directly from French settlers to Louisiana, New France, or via the French-Canadian immigrants centuries ago. In the Cajun legends, the creature is said to prowl the swamps around Acadania and Greater New Orleans and the sugarcane fields and woodlands of the regions. The Rougarou most often described as a creature with a human body and a head of a wolf or dog, similar to the werewolf legend. I mean, it's... It... It's very much like, you know, it's, it's Cajun thing, isn't it? It's like gumbo, just throw anything into the pot. Yeah. You know, have wolf head. Um, wolf going around. I think the thing, so, so far, because the thing which is scary about a werewolf is the fact that it's kind of got half wolf, half human body as well, hasn't it? Because if it was just a bloke with a human body and a head of, like, a dog, I don't know that I'd be that scared. <laughs> Well, depends, a lot of these classic... depends what dog. Like the head of a 
Dulux dog or something, old English sheepdog, then it um, it'd be lovely, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. What kind of dog? Or if it was like one of those like little Chihuahuas or something, then that'd just be like kind of it'd be like LB, wouldn't it? It'd just be inspiring pity, really. Yeah, it looked like one um, of the Goombas from the Mario Brothers film, which you which yeah. you so highly rate. Well, I think that it's one of Bob Hoskins' better performances, but and, uh, and I don't say that you know I'm, you're a big fan of the Hosk. Don't hassle the Hosk. Oh, yeah. That's what you always say. Fantastic, fantastic actor. Um, no, well, you know, it was it was. It's one of the uh, more interesting video game adaptations, shall we say it like that? But uh, not to say it's good, but, you know. Hmm. I mean, it's not got a lot of competition, let's face it. Have they ever made a decent movie out of a video game? Well, you should try. Has anyone ever done that, did you say? Yeah. Um, Mortal Kombat? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Give that a firm note. I think the problem with doing that is that... Because film people can't really get their head around video games or video game culture, what they tend to do, they just assume that people who play video games are basically teenage boys, which, you know, may have been the case in 1990, but certainly isn't the case now. But they still have that in their head, so they just do sort of sort of uh, vi- no, vi- violent or been... sexy films, basically. Yeah, I can see that being the case like a few years back. I just think, well, I just think it's basically the writing of most of those things isn't, you know, isn't necessarily going to translate very well into a film. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. But there might be there might be a good one out there, but I can't really think of an example off the top of my head. But anyway, to come back to your earlier point, yeah. Um, so yeah, well, because if you think about those classic kind of like, um, well, I was thinking of like horror, hammer horror villains or whatever. So you got like Dracula and like the Wolfman and stuff like yeah. that, or, or werewolves. So if you think of, like, you know, zombies are about our fear of death. Yeah. And, you know, vampires, it's more of, like, an erotic vibe going on. Um, I think with, with, um, with werewolves or this kind of thing, it's probably more of a fear of, um, you know, um, man's best your nature or something, isn't it? Yeah. If you think about what it's metaphorically trying to represent. Um, so, you know, it, it's the kind of, like, you know, animal instincts or the evil that lurks within. Well, I think also that, that I mean, there is that. There is also, or there was in medieval Europe, um, very much a uh, a legitimate fear of wolves because they would, yeah. they would like, come in your house and snatch babies and stuff. Um, and rabies is probably more of an issue. I wonder if that's got anything to do with it. It's speculation. Possibly. Often the storytelling has been used to inspire fear and obedience. Oh, another one of them. Do you know what now? I'm starting to see a bit of a pattern here that a lot of these scary uh, tales and legends are used to get kids to shut up and go to bed. (laughs) Well, something's got to work, isn't it? They didn't have cow pole back those days. Uh, No, exactly. Whatever they can get. One such example is stories that have been told by elders to persuade Cajun children to behave... Uh, that's a weird sentence. According to another variation, a wolf-like beast will hunt down and kill Catholics. They do not follow the rules of Lent. I mean, I'll be honest with you. If you're a Catholic, you've got enough stuff to feel guilty about and enough sort of fucking emotional pressure. Do you really need the guru as well getting involved? Well, apparently this uh, coincides with the... I mean, isn't eternal damnation enough? You've got to get fucking murdered up by a wolf man first. Yeah, so you get eternal damnation straight away. You can't even enjoy, um, I don't know, 
eating bread during April or whatever. Um, so this coincides... Paleo <laughs> fish, Jesus. <laughs> well, that was all right. This coincides... That was in the rules. Yeah, what's your problem? Why don't you, you know... Why have you made McDonald's so big if I'm not allowed to eat a filet of fish? Um, well, because the clown made the deal with the devil. Uh, it's your choice, my son. Off the hell you go. Look, no, I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, I am God, but to be honest, I am a trickster God. I know that that's more of a pagan thing, but if you look at what I do to kind of set you up to fail, then I am pretty much a trickster God. You're just sort of bored. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. All right, you can't you, oh, yeah. you can't eat you can't eat this. Here's a million of this in front of you. <laughs> um, so this coincides with the French Catholic loup garou. What's that? The week from the chair stories. Anyway, according to which the method for turning into a werewolf is to break Lent seven years in a row. That's bollocks, because uh, you know I'm not a loup garou. But then you've you've never taken the sacrament, so you're, true. you're already marked for hell. That's well. Am I marked for hell? Because I only us Catholics. Oh yeah, you're going straight to fucking hell. No, but am I, Neil? Because I've not even been baptized or confirmed, so it's technically I'm not even on the books. So oh, no, you are. I mean, if you've ever read Dante, you, I mean, you might get away if you you know for ignorance, you might end up in the first circle with them, Plato and. I'd be all right. Yeah, I sound. They got, yeah, they didn't. They didn't seem to suffer too much. Oh. That was nice of them, wasn't it? Just you know, what did you do? At the very high level of hell. I, I think we just seem to knock about in the gateway to hell, really. Yeah, that sounds all right. Just going, oh, all that philosophizing. We should have done a bit more praying of of, of something that didn't wasn't didn't exist <laughs> a thousand years after we'd been born. <laughs> I mean, technically, I suppose they could have. They could have. You know. Well, no, technically, they could have done anything. But then that that would have been only in the oral tradition at that point. I don't think they set it down until anyway. Well, I mean, basically, what's happening there is you're punished for living far away from the Holy Land, aren't you? Because it's not like there's lightning-quick communication back then. I mean, by the time someone had codified it all, you know, how long is it going to take them to get it to, I don't know, um, the the Aboriginal people of Australia. I don't know. Was, were the Atlanteans knocking around then? No. I assume they had some sort of. Is, is that in the Is that in the Old Testament? Mobile phone technology. <laughs> the angels probably. Do you know what the angels could have sorted this out? But no, they're too busy. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever angels do, tit about. Um, yeah. And Mary knows that she's going to have a baby. That's it, as Jerry Sadowitz put it. Is Fucking carpenter, and he hasn't got the brains to look in the cupboard. <laughs> so, a common blood sucking legend says that Rougarous are, uh, you're under the spell for 101 days. After that time, the curse is transferred from person to person when a Rougarou draws another human's blood. During the day, the creature returns to a human form. Although acting sickly, the human refrains from telling others the situation for fear of being killed. Other stories. Range from the Rougarou as a rabbit. <laughs> to the... that, that really puts me in mind. It's obvious for that. Yeah, Donnie Darko. Okay. Um, to the Rougarou being derived from witchcraft. In the latter claim, only a witch can make a Rougarou, either by turning into a wolf herself or by cursing others with lycanthropy. Ooh. So that's your basic uh, Rougarou. 
Um, but from what I have read, there is um, some Native American stuff around it as well. So that's... okay, yeah, because I mean, at the moment, it just seems like it's got a real kind of like. Um... So it's coming from that Luke Guru thing, so a lot of it does feel like sort of French folklore, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Where do, where do werewolves come from? Is it, is it Central Europe, you'd imagine, wouldn't you? I don't know. Yeah. I wonder what the... Um, yeah, I wonder if it is rabid dogs and stuff. I reckon um, vampires, cause there, there is a... Well, I don't know how true this is, but um, it's supposedly partly to do with um, Vlad and Impaler, isn't it? And then um, yeah. partly to do with people who had Zen. Was it Zen pigmentation? I can't... Well, you know, pigmentation or something. There's, there's basically this disease that means you can't go in sunlight. Although I would imagine it's incredibly rare. So, truly, how much of an influence that has, I don't know. People mention it in sort of, but yeah, I don't know. Don't know what would kind of like be behind the whole werewolf thing. It's being attacked by rabid dogs, I guess. So, I'm going to read a bit of cool. Uh, it's uh, from a website called Where Yeah. So, where is that a, a pun in the uh, website title? I, As in where? No, it's it, it's um, it's a website uh, which gives um, it tells you about dining, music, entertainment, and the best of the Big Easy. Oh, so, where, where, where yeah, of kind of thing. Norlings um, culture, nice. So. Don't go too deep into the dark woods or wetlands in Cajun country at night. You might find yourself face-to-face with a tall, terrifying, bloodthirsty creature called the Rougarou. Socks through the sugarcane fields, looking for prey, tearing his victims apart, drinking their blood, and turning them into unworldly beasts as well. Even if you don't believe that he's real, you may want to take precautions and stay out of his way. See, in other words, New Orleans is... is um, would you say it's the spookiest city in America? Because there's a lot of vampire stuff. There's obviously the voodoo. Do you think? Yeah, that's. I don't think there's. It seems to be the most mythology mythologized or myth heavy um, city in America. We got the more interesting myths. I'm trying to. I mean, I'm trying to think of a sort of what would what else would sort of compare. Well, Los Angeles is um, just serial killers. Yeah, no, exactly. There's think, lots of kind of. Well, also, Los Angeles doesn't really have. It's I mean, about a lot years of, old, kind isn't of it? like West Coast is only. Um, yeah, sort of. Yeah, they're not. They're not. I mean, gold rush and stuff goes back to mid nineteenth century, I guess. So, but it's not quite got the same level of history as like Louisiana. No, they're just like people in tents. Um, so, you'd imagine there. I don't know. There's something about Louisiana. Maybe it's because it's right dune south. Um, maybe it's. Because it's in like the well, I think it's the, the mixture of different kind of like cultures, and it's a mixture. Well. It's kind of a hodgepodge of cultures, um, and it's kind of got the um, bayous and stuff around it, which are pretty inhospitable, aren't they? You'd imagine it's quite. I know, like New Orleans, a city now, fine, but you'd imagine that it's like yeah. there's you know lots of fucking snakes and alligators and shit everywhere as well. <laughs> you know, oh, quite yeah, a dangerous no, place. Yeah, when you're out in kind of like it was all sort of like um yeah a lot more rural and kind of like um yeah I think that probably would be quite um it, do you know what it's what a bucketed landscape I call it the um oh, the the East Anglia 
of America. Oh, right. You mean like kind of like misty kind of oh, uh, lots of water. Swampy kind of places. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the story of the Rue Guru, also as known as the Loop Guru, is not unique to southern Louisiana. It seems to have travelled from France to anywhere French people settled. Loop is a French word for wolf. Guru yeah. comes from the Frankish word, gorulf, which also means wolf. So it's wolf-wolf. The menacing... Okay. Sounds a bit too <laughs> The menacing half-human, half-animal mythical beast appears in French law uh, beginning in the Renaissance period, perhaps even sooner. Naughty children or Catholics who didn't practice Lent for seven consecutive years might find themselves turned into one. Of course, those who didn't believe in the Guru is real merely said that these were fables made up to scare people into behaving. When the Luke Guru... I mean, what, one thing which I'll say, from what I've seen on such... Uh, TV shows as Cajun Justice, which is following... Um, oh, that sounds promising. It's following um, Louisiana police, who police, like, the bayous. It follows them round. There are some characters down there, Neil, I can tell you. Um, oh. they, but people... Any moonshine? Oh, people are just off their faces the whole time. God, I hope and expect Drugs, so. moonshine, smugglings... Uh, you know, um, it is very much like the song Amos Moses by Jerry Reed. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, but it's weird, I'd like to, I like these weird places. I'd quite like to go there, just have a look. No, I would very much like to visit them. Well, New Orleans and then just around that kind of those yeah. parts of Louisiana, anyway, I just think it'd be really interesting. Um, obviously, music's a big draw. Yeah. You see, I've always wanted to go to New Orleans, but I do wonder now that I don't drink, like, would it be a bit shitter? Because I think always in your mind you've got, well, they just drink whiskey all the time and listen to music. (laughs) I'm sure it'll still be okay. I need to change my mindset on that. Um, But, yeah, so, but but it's still very much something which people believe in down there and say that they've seen and police get called out, like, for sightings and that kind of stuff, so... Um, this is a this okay. is a living kind of legend that's kind of still going on now. Um, when the Loup Garou travelled to southern Louisiana with the Acadian people who were exiled from French Canada, its name evolved into Rougarou, though you might hear him called both. It's also been noted that he isn't strictly a werewolf-type entity. It can shapeshift into any animals that cause the bayou home. Laura McKnight wrote about the Rougarou for Huma Today, and recounted a tale that appeared in 1971 Louisiana Folklore Society publication, where the Rougarou appears as a calf struck by a motorist on the highway, and when the driver got out of his vehicle, the calf had vanished, and an uninjured man, apparently a Rougarou, was walking away from the spot where the creature was hit. That's just... what, what What was the end game there? Um, don't, don't run down Rougarou. They're becoming increasingly rare. <laughs> I mean, how often do you how often do you run into a Rougarou these days? Well, I mean, it just sounds like probably they this person thought it was a calf, but it was just a bloke having a kip on the road, and he just got up and walked off. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like everyone in this situation was drunk. Um, so the mythical creature doesn't seem to be as violent as your run-in-the-mill werewolf from the silver screen. It, prepare, it prefers to wreak havoc by destroying property or passing its curse onto someone else so that it will lead them. 
uh, Vermilionville information pamphlet for children reads, The legend says that when a person comes into contact with the Loop Guru and sheds the blood of the beast, the Loop Guru will then change into its human form and reveal its secrets. The victim then becomes a Loop Guru for 101 days. If the victim speaks the encounter to anyone, it becomes a Loop Guru. But if it remains quiet about it, he returns to human form and continues on with its life. So if he says, oh, by the way, I'm Luke Guru, then it just instantly turns into it. So in the legend... Yeah, how does that work? So is that the victim that turns into the... Um, the yeah, it doesn't turn, it doesn't the, turn the person it's telling. So basically you can't say that you're a Luke Guru because otherwise... Because if you say I'm Luke Guru, then you turn into it. So you've just got to keep stum for 101 days until the curse passes. Oh, so the, the, this is when you're... Um... This is when you're in your human form, yeah, is it? I would assume so. Um, I mean, they sound a lot like 60s rock stars at the moment, to be honest with you. Destruction of property, especially. <laughs> I mean, because, yeah, they're not sort of like, I mean, they're not sort of attacking people, are they? They're just kind of like tearing stuff up and a bit of pie. Well, I think it depends on who you ask. So, here we go. Uh, human form, human life. In the legends, the Luke Guru is said to be someone the victim knows, such as a jealous former friend. Like many creatures at night, it resumes its human form when the sun comes up. There are, Neil, ways to protect yourself from becoming a root guru, apart, you know, obviously, good, be a good Catholic. Uh, the beasts don't seem to be the brightest beings, rocks are again, and they can be easily outsmarted. You only need... Oh, I don't know. Has anyone IQ tested one of these? Well, I mean, IQ tests... Yeah, IQ claim, tests yeah. have kind of been shown to be a bit of a... A false, false test well, anyway. Yeah, okay, well, from that. And uh, interestingly, the IQ scale is called the Flynn scale, after my surname. Mm, after I go. after I got over five thousand on the IQ test, um, <laughs> proving once and for all that it was pointless. Um, no, the the kind of the bell curve of where the average IQ is because that moves. That was the yeah. the. the formula or whatever for that was um, done by someone Flynn in the 20s or something um, so, so I was thinking it would be Neil Flynn from the uh, from Scrubs but evidently not because I don't think he was around in the 20s oh was he does he play the prick He's the oh, right, yeah, that's him. yeah so you only need to lay 13 small objects like coins or beans at your door and windows, and the approaching Rugaru will attempt to count the objects, but he can't count higher than 12. <laughs> well, because he's not got enough, he's not got enough things on his pulses and whatever you call it. He will be unable to count all the objects, which will confound him to the point where he, <laughs> he won't stop trying to count them all. He'll be so distracted that he won't be able to enter your home, <laughs> and he has to leave with the sunrise. <laughs> Don't sing 99 bottles of beer on the wall of Luke Guru. I'll get really okay, Just imagine it going. Crying. I can't conceive of anything that high. Oh, I feel sorry for him now. What is bowl? <laughs> what is love? <laughs> Not everyone down the bayou is convinced that Aruguru exists. Oh, no shit. They may believe, however, in the power that legend holds over those who do. Manite explains the creature has even embedded itself in local lingo. When Juliet Harry of Hooma spends a restless night tossing and turning in her bed, she tells people, I made the Rougarou all night. Like a lot of Terrebonne and Lafayette. I mean, that feels like a piece of slang that could be used to... A lot of things. Many yeah. things, yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, Terrebonne and Lafourche residents. Uh, 
like a lot of them, uh, Henry grew up hearing older family members use the phrase. And now her own children make the rougarou on sleepless nights too. Some locals also no <laughs> Some locals also use the word to describe a person who carouses at night, roaming in a rowdy fashion. Fare uh, loop garou or fare rougarou means you stay. So that's to make make loop garou. Yeah, it? means or fair. Is that fare or fair? Fair. Fair is uh, French. Okay. Fair loop. Yeah. Okay. Fair. But fair garou to make the loop garou. Yes, yeah, so it means to stay up at yeah. night and run around causing disturbance. According, well, that's yeah. a good one. Try that next time in Paris. See if I understand. <laughs> what you put to see a culture? That's that. That will be my explanation to the cast. <laughs> 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 yes. Let's let's go straight to the shoeing, shall we? Answer. It's your Belmore. Uh, if you want to go hunting for Rougarou, you can start by visiting the life-size Rougarou at the Audubon Zoo in New Orleans, which has been thrilling and chilling of visitors for decades. <laughs> sure it hasn't. You can also celebrate the beast at Rougarou Fest in Huma in late October. The brave at heart enter the uh, Gougarou cost, uh, costume contest. Of all the strange things... How is that brave? Huh? How is that uh, brave entering a costume? Well, I mean, it's, it, it'd be you know, it would be creative and skilled, I'm sure. Well, I guess it'd be brave, brave because is it because you're Im- imitating the creature in the Yeah, market? you see, you're thinking that, and I think that's probably what they meant. I was thinking that it's quite brave to kind of dress up like an idiot and and kind of parade in front of people, <laughs> like. I imagine there's, that feels like a very New Orleans kind of thing. Well, it's, it's a bit like it's, Brian, like it, that. You just, I don't think anyone would bat an no, eye. This, in, this is in Huma, yeah, which is um, a bit more in the swamps. I was sitting by Brighton Station the other day, and I hadn't heard of this, but it was just a load of bikes. Oh, the new cycle thing. They're all in the yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd not heard of it because it's been going on yeah. for years, apparently. Yeah, a long time. And, of course, the tourists all just know, it's like, oh, OK, there's a load of new people riding around. Yeah, fair enough. So, oh. I assume, I assume that's a thing we do now. Apparently, been doing it. Yeah, yeah. I haven't heard well, of it. Well, it's been going on for a while, mate. Um, I could, I could imagine you do the same thing in New Orleans. It's a similar thing. Well, the thing you know, like it's the like, um, we we do that in in April. You know the uh, Mardi Gras. That obviously it's famous in New Orleans or New Orleans. Um, but, yes, but they yeah. they do it in all of the conurbations across Louisiana. It's not just. A New Orleans thing. They do it in places like Humor oh, and, no, you know, um, Baton Rouge and stuff. It's just, um, it's very faint. Like the, obviously the biggest ones in New Orleans. So, well, I mean, it, I think that's got a heavy component with the sort of African element, hasn't it? Because it's a bit like the, um, the Notting Hill Festival. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's, all right, I'm not saying they're the same thing, but I imagine there's, it's got that similar component. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen Treme, but, um, yeah, it's heavily impossible know, to it, find online. Um, is it? You know, I've, bought... I've tried to I've tried to find it about a hundred times because it's done by the people who did the wire, and it's got bunk in it. Yes, yes, playing a Randy, um, not a trumpeter. What's what's the Bone. one? Um, trombonist. You're a trombonist. Yeah, and he makes some sleazy comment about. Do you know what we call this up? Boom. Oh, he's uh, getting up to some business. Um, so, this is exciting. The last sentence is very exciting. Uh, are you ready? Are your um, 
I'm all ears. Have you tied your eyebrows down so they don't fly upwards? Uh, let me just get my 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 plush So, of all the strange things living across the south of the state, like you ready, the Grunch, <laughs> and the Honey Island Swamp Monster. Oh, all right. Hang on a minute. We've got pose. So, the Grunch sounds like a um, knockoff version of the Grinch. Yeah, or um, avoid copyright. Just, like just a, enough. Like a like a cereal, like a like a monster for a type of cereal. One of the other ones sounds like the Honey Nut Monster. Well, maybe they're both. <laughs> so, the Honey the Honey Island Swamp Monster. So, Honey Monster and the Grunch, who is um, <laughs> it just sounds like two um, cereal spokes monsters. It was just it was a really twee nineties band. We used to do stuff. Honey <laughs> Island Swamp Monster. Like Honey Island Swamp Monster yeah. used to play grunge music. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like it was like um it was like grunge music, but they used like um washboards and those um, and um, distorted loops. And those uh loop loop with the fuzz pedal. And those um wash bass and bass things. Oh god, yeah. Oh. Yeah, and, bo- and the um, blowing bottles. <laughs> With the lights down, it's the stage. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> so they sound like they're worth a look. So, so, so what? What? So, you have to go into that a little bit more, Chris. So what? The grunt. So what's the grunt? Oh, I've not looked up what these are, but I'll do it now. Oh. Uh, I've just got Louisiana crunch cake. <laughs> oh, no, that's because I've written crunch. Can Jim Carrey's ever played a Luke Perry? Um I've heard that he was going to be playing the Luke Guru Hunter to James Corden's Luke Guru in an upcoming Christmas film, <laughs> which which sounds really good. I think Mike Myers wrote it. That sounds amazing. Put Nick Cave and Nick Cave in those roles and watch it. Nick Cave or Nick Cage? Himself. Actually, yeah, Nick Cave and Nick Cage. Nick Cave versus Nick Cage. <laughs> yeah, there's a meeting of two worlds there. I'll take both, actually. Uh, so I can't find anything about this Grunch character. And I, we'll, 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 research, we'll research them later. We'll come back to. Uh, what was the other one? The yeah, was it the was it Honey Islands or something? Honey Island Swamp Monster, known as the Cajun Sasquatch. Ooh. It's an ape-like humanoid cryptid creature, similar to descriptions of Bigfoot. It per, uh, purported to inhabit the Honey Island Swamp in Saint Tammany Parish, Louisiana. It has become part of Louisiana folklore with many swamp tour companies in the area capitalising on its alleged existence. Oh, what a surprise. See, I reckon that's just Bigfoot's gotten fucking sick and tired of getting hunted down. He didn't ask to be famous, did he? No. It's a bit different. Just leave him alone. And uh, he's like, oh, God, Louisiana. At least it'll be a bit warmer. Oh, lizard man of scape or swamp. God, we've hit a rich vein here, swamp. Oh, well, yeah, let's, let's save these. We, we clearly need to get into some... Uh, First mention in like, cryptozoology. Yeah, I'll just do a whole series on cage and stuff. Should we just start a cryptozoology podcast? <laughs> it's pretty much what this is becoming. It's, 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 it's heading that way anyway. And then we can just, you know, lose any semblance of facts. Well, you know, what, what, what is fact anyway? It's just... Um, if you read David Hume, then, uh, you know... 
I can't prove any of it. Yeah. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, Dr. Fauci. I think facts are just um, a blanket for the ignorant. <laughs> you can you can, really, when you think about you it can, philosophically enough. You can quote me on that. That might be my new catchphrase. I mean, I and nobody else will, but <laughs> thank you for the invite. Um, okay, so I'm going to have... So Native American stories. There's also a Native American story of the Rougarou. This version varies from being a Bigfoot legend to resemble something more like a Wendigo. I don't know what that is. I've heard of a Wendigo. He's, he's, again, it's a bit like a um, an ape man, isn't it? Or it's like a hairy fella. Didn't we come across Wendigos in one of our earlier episodes? A Wendigo is a mythical creature or evil spirit which originates from the folklore of the First Nations based in and around the East Coast Forest of Canada, the Great Plains region of the United States. Uh, yeah, I don't think we've mentioned it before. Um, but yes, it's but it looks kind of like a deer. It's like got a deer head. Seems to, according to the images. Yeah, <clears throat> it, I can't remember. We did do. I've got a vague recollection. We did some like otter. Oh yeah, monster or something. Yeah, that's what the I one. Think the yeah. came up then. Um, the Kush Tracker. Uh, okay, that's the otter one because it's. Um, I remember it sounds like Bush Tucker. He's a good fella. He's lovely. Um, so there's been some dispute whether or not this myth is actually related to the French Louisiana Rougarou ones. It sounds like they kind of tag it in. It might be a bit of an amalgamation. Oh, yeah, or this kind of well, it's a bit like um, in South America, you get kind of like the uh, what like things like the Day of the Dead. You get the sort of the Christian mythology sort of blending in with the sort of local religion, don't you? Yeah. So you've got the French, so the, the folklore. I'm sure it sort of blends in, sort of the African and the Native American and the so very um, much like French mythology all kind of blending together. So a lot of the stuff in the Americas. So like with EBC, El Basilico Chilotto. Um, that was a mixture of medieval Spanish and native um, native uh, peoples, yeah. wasn't it? Um, and so this one seems to be they've they've kind of mixed in the werewolf from France with some native stuff as well. Right, Rougarou sightings. Some good pictures there, Neil. Oh, and a YouTube thing. So do we, have we got have we got any physical evidence like the old man? Well, there are some. Because I'll be honest with you, there's a lack of commitment amongst our American colleagues to actually, you know, citing these things. Well, they'll get killed, don't they? Good stories. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, you come at the uh, Wendigo, you best not miss. <laughs> uh, well, I do remember there was a thing a few years back when they. Some guys purported to actually kill a Bigfoot and had it in their freezer. I don't know what step two of that scam was supposed to be. Yeah, no, I saw that. Um, and it wasn't. And it, it was like... Yeah, I don't I don't know whether they just got a load of people to sign up to subscription or something. I don't know. I don't know. I quite, Obviously, they were trying. It was like... It was a grift ahoy, but I don't know quite Yeah, and it was something stupid. Like, it was it like... Was. Um, like uh oh, it's it, was, it was it was like a bear and they'd put um an ape mask on it or something like that. 
Yeah, well, I think some of the examine some of the photos are sort of probably. No, I think yeah, that clearly looks like you know this animal. It's a bear with, with a with like a, a like a an ape mask that they got off the internet. That, that's the frozen leg of lamb, <laughs> right? But that's some sausages. <laughs> Give it, that's clearly a party wig you've bought from the pound store. Two egg, two eggs for eyes. My <laughs> 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 well, party wig, but one of those ones that you used to be able to get, probably still can. Which is like made of strips of foil, but kind of like rainbow coloured. <laughs> thing is, Chris, this is just what the experts say. So you know, yeah. Well, who believes them anymore? As, as, as why, would it, why would they have hair like you know, that? I think, we're all, I think we've all heard enough. Sex, so it can, um, so it can be camouflaged in rainbows. Yeah, exactly. And also, it's like it's good protein in case it needs an emergency snack. Um, Take one of its own eyes. It's a delicious fried egg. Ruguru sightings. That's, that's pretty. I mean, that's a great, great piece of you know. That's good. That's nature. Nature finds yeah. a way. No, I'm not gonna. You know, gonna... the yolk obviously means that they can see better in the yellow spectrum, <laughs> which is better for hunting. hunting animals. Like a predator. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I've got four. That's on Pinterest. Uh, I'm struggling to find a lot of Rougarou sightings. There doesn't seem to be too much and too many anecdotes of people being attacked and stuff, does there? No, but you've got to remember that the people living down in the bow um, mostly probably aren't on the internet. And, you know, because it is, it is very remote. So perhaps that's it. So I don't know if you could hear that, Chris. I was just having a quick look at YouTube. Because mm. there was a... Uh... Could you hear that? Not very loud. No, oh, okay. Um, There's uh, nine real sightings of the Rougarou on YouTube. Well, just look, Tina Bragg is an eyewitness. She just showed a photo, which really you couldn't see anything at all. But, uh, yeah, it looks like there has there has been a sighting for... Well, let's see what Scorpius has to say in the comments. For all the critics watching, know this. Every legend fairy tale comes from somewhere, and each one contains a small grain of truth. Not everything in the world has been discovered, explained by science. So take a closer look at the facts instead of brushing it aside. Best to keep an open mind, because you just never know how true the legends may be. Well put, Scorpius. Well done. More in, awe, more in awe, awe of heaven and earth than this has been dreamt of in your philosophy. Wow. That's the worst quote in your Shakespeare ever. <laughs> um, so, that's about it for the Rougar, I think. There's an upsetting lack of people coming forward but there's a lot about him but a lot of it seems to be um rehash of other stuff have a quick look and see what's happened in in mrs epl give you a sec well we've got some some photographic evidence um see that really obvious fake with the black dog man walking mm. so i don't know if you've watched any of that chris wait until it's a billy teague about two minutes you haven't in. sent me anything oh Oh, it's in the comments of YouTube. Um, oh, I sent you something in the comments of the meeting. Love this woman who constantly tries not to say some bitch. That was spooky then. Very spooky. Uh, did you see the picture I sent you of uh, Luke Grew caught in April 2014 from an aerial footage? Yeah. Well, I can't really make anything out. What do you mean? If you press play on the video, uh, okay, and you can see it's kind of like um, does look like a, an outline of 
an ape man or something ish. Consensus in the comments seems to be it's a dog man. That's so cool. Thanks for passing that post in that, Wes. It also looks like a stump squatch. Oh. A hirsute beast was roaming in the swamps of North Ascension. Mm. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. So, or not, so yeah. it could be a stump or bush squatch. <laughs> so there's lots of different squatches out there then. But to be fair, I am on the website Sasquatch Chronicles, so... <laughs> You're going to get a lot of, get a lot of squatching. Um, yeah. So, interesting. He's been, you know, all Luke Grew, he's been spotted as far as far away as Mississippi. Well, that's only the next next one up. Yeah. Well, he's not going to go too far, is he? No, no. It's um, it's uh, it's rough terrain. Um, but, you know, some... some so, uh, we've got some... some, some well, some... Mutilated cattle. Yeah, so that's some, some strange... What pose. do you think mutilated cattle's all about, Neil? Because that's a big thing in America, isn't it? And they look like they've had stuff surgically removed and that kind of thing, right? I mean, that is odd because I mean, because they get that with the UFO stuff as well. That's an extremely, um, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of that when they go invading abductions, isn't it? It's supposedly mutilated cattle. I don't know. I'm not sure what it is. It doesn't sound like just hoaxes because that would be well, very weird. Sociopathic kind of yeah, I know, but it is weird, isn't it? The whole um, mutilated cattle thing because I mean, I'd assume it's wild animals they're being attacked by. Well, no, but that's the thing they kind of say that if you look at it, it doesn't look like wild animals because it looks like they've had like it's been cut rather than torn and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that is that is an odd that is an odd mystery yet to be yet to be explained. I would say. Um, not that I necessarily think it's Rougarous or UFOs, but the whole cattle mutilation thing. Um, what's it all about? You know, is it is it nutters? You know, it's hardly possible. Yeah, stranger things have happened, but uh, yeah, active madness. Who knows? Who knows? Neil, certainly not us, because cattle mutilations, as far as I'm aware, are not urban legends. So. Be damned with them. That someone else, someone else could deal with that. Um. So, Neil, shall we? Uh, well, there you go. Uh, that's it for the classic episode. Series five starts next Thursday. So, hopefully, see you all there. Hope everyone's doing well. Um, if you want to get in contact, usual stuff. It's in the description. Um. Yeah, and. Uh, Hopefully you'll enjoy the new look and sounds for the new series. Um, yeah, have a nice one. Take care, everyone. Uh, speak soon. All right, bye. Wi-Fi. Get that good. Busy good.